at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Thanks for that, uh, Carmen. Ashraf Garda, indeed it is. And we talk, uh, we talk communications, really, anything that moves for the next uh, two hours. And you certainly can call in uh, relevant to the subject at the time to 0891104207. 0891104207. You can also SMS me 34701. It'll cost you two rands. You can tweet at Ashraf Garda. You can also tweet at SFM Radio. You can comment on the respective uh, SFM Radio and Ashraf Gandhi Facebook pages. Lots of ways, therefore, to communicate indeed. And there's lots to come, I can tell you. And I'll tell you about other things later, including the fact that we'll be chatting about Brand Kaiser Chiefs, uh, which I think is very important. And, of course, the man who, and let me use the words carefully, the, the photographer who shot the photo of Hector Peterson after he was shot. We'll talk to him. And then what, in fact, has happened to his life? It's not all rosy, I can tell you now. Never mind, that particular picture went absolutely global all those years ago. Let's have a start with something that's really significant, which is the issue of vernacular advertising. And there's a sense that, you know, vernacular advertising or, or the use of the language, well, vernacular languages generally in this country uh, is there and is growing, but it doesn't quite shape up. Uh, when it comes to advertising. So if that's the case, well, A, is that really the case? And, and number two, if that's the case, and why? And, and then who should be tasked with fixing it? In fact, do we need to fix it? So lots of things around that. I've got three guests. Chris Bota is with me, the group MD at uh, the media shop. Chris, good chatting to you. Hi. How's it, Ashraf? Need I say congratulations for once again making that list of the Mail and Guardian uh, Young Achievers. Thank you very much. Thank You're you like, very like much. a bit of a veteran in the Young Achievers because you've done it so often at a different level. So well done to you for that. Thank right? you very much. We also have on the line Louise Birkner, the National Sales Director of uh, Ants24. Louise, good chatting to you. Hi. Good morning, Ashraf. Good morning, Chris. Hello, Thank you. And also Andrew Fred, who's the MD of uh, the agency uh, Mortimer Harvey. Uh, Andrew, good chatting to you. Hi. Good morning to you, Ashraf, and good morning, Louise and Chris. Thank you. Right, now let's start. Good morning, oh, Andrew. Thank you. We've got, we got Chris with us. We're going to start with him first up. Chris, just your thoughts, A, in terms of, you know, the, the state of vernacular advertising in, in this country. Where, where do you see it? Look, I think, uh, I think there's two things. I think there's vernacular advertising and there's vernacular media. Mm. So let's talk about vernacular media first. Vernacular media is performing incredibly well. Mm. Uh, you look at, uh, look at a station like Okozi FM, that's, uh, that's the Zulu radio station, mm. Zulu mm. language radio station, with 7 million listeners. That's yeah, amazing. M- makes it, a, 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 and, I, and, I, and I've heard this used anecdotally, the, seven, the third biggest radio station in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's and the biggest in this country by far. By right? far, yeah. by okay. far. It's a monstrous radio station. Uh, and similarly so a station like RSG and a lot of other uh, African language stations. So they do incredibly, incredibly well from a media perspective. Uh, where I have my concerns though is how much advertising revenue are they receiving? Uh, relative to their audiences, because I don't think the I don't think the two numbers match up. At okay, that, that's your opening salvo. Uh, Louise, your thoughts? Just from our side, and I'm speaking purely out of the Afrikaans market. Okay. I think there are two issues here: is the one that um, we we are getting support in terms of advertising, but I think from a creative point of view, um, we are not seeing that drive from the creative agencies and the buy-in, and this could be purely due to the fact that. You know, people are still reticent about uh, advertising and, and writing copy in Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. So we've got the numbers. We are the go-to advertising media age or media owners, so to say. Um, and I think we could still yield a lot more support from, from our advertisers in times like. Okay, that's interesting because, I mean, Winston, when is it a personal choice or very much a case of what actually the market demands? What are your thoughts, Andrew? Um, Ashraf, I do have to agree with both uh, Chris and Louise. 
I'm speaking from an advertising agency perspective. I think very little creative work is originated and conceptualized in the vernacular, whether that be Afrikaans, Zulu, or Tosa. Most of the work that is originated is done so in English um, for the purposes of nationwide campaigns and not really targeted at the specific mediums that speak to a home language specific to a target audience. So I think that is probably one of the reasons why the ad revenue is not matching the, the listenership or readership of some of the mediums available to us. Mm. So, so do you find then, I mean, is there a lack of will? Because I think as, uh, as the point Chris made earlier up was that I think there's no, there's no debate, there's a lack of demand of people consuming vernacular media, right? So, so we know that, right? Is there a lack Correct. of will then, therefore, in terms of, of having that matched up to, on the advertising side, meaning, you know, well, we know it's popular, but so what? It's only, it's only Zulu, it's only Isikosa or, or, or Afrikaans or whatever, and, and those may be the three dominant sort of vernacular languages, right? What, what are your thoughts? Um, Ashraf, I think, I think, in fact, it is a case of the demand. Uh, one has to always acquiesce to the demands of the brief and what the client requires from the campaign from the start. And that very often does not take into account uh, speaking or originating work in the vernacular, um, which in, in and of itself is a concern, because uh, if you listen to uh, Chris's numbers mm, mm. and having read his article, the audiences are there and in significant numbers. So it would uh, stand to reason that originating creative work uh, in the vernacular is, would be an exceptional idea. Well, you know, some may say it's not even an exceptional idea. It's like an obvious thing. Isn't it? So, Chris, why, why is it not being done then? I think it's because, very, I mean, this yeah. is not about preference. And, you know, we often talk off-air about uh, maybe watching the Cheetahs play rugby or Kaiser Chiefs. It's <laughs> not about personal preference. Yeah. It's about what is obviously what the market demands. Absolutely, and where the money lies. Mm. Uh, you know, I think one of the, uh, the reason is relatively simple in my opinion. I think it's a, and it's not the right answer, but it's a one-size-fits-all answer. Mm-hmm. So, what clients do is that they go, uh, I think they look at and say, okay, well, um, if do Afrikaans people understand English? Yes, they do. Mm, mm. Do Afrikaans do Zulu people understand English? Yes, they do. Uh, do English people understand Zulu? No, they don't. Do uh, English people understand Afrikaans? Not always. So therefore, it's it's this like finding this grey common ground. You know, you don't want to go black. You don't want to go white. You want to go into this grey common ground. And uh, and th- th- there's merit in it. To a because and, and English gives you that. Yes, absolutely. So, so, so therefore, you do find that English English language media received disproportionate advertising because they because they do have um, because they do have that, that that common ground. You know, if you if you go do Afrikaans, uh, you're not going to reach the English market. If you're going to go Ukosi FM, you're not going to reach the English market. Mm. Uh, so therefore, you have to. Whereas if you go with a with a with a with a SFM as, a, as, a, as an example mm-hmm. of a station, mm-hmm. you are going to reach that multi-language mix. So I, I think I don't like I said, it's not the right answer, but the, a one-size-fits-all approach is sadly what we're seeing here. Okay. Okay. So what, if you have any thoughts on this, I'm happy to take a couple of quick calls on this. Uh, and uh, goodness, for the sake of this radio station, we'll do it in English only, ironically. <laughs> what are your thoughts about that? Uh, vernacular advertising, vernacular media appears to be on the way up, very, very popular, but uh, the advertising, as the numbers suggest, don't quite match up. So why, in fact, is that the case? Is there a lack of will? Is there just a lack of interest? Is there a case of just, just maintain or retain the status quo, whatever that is, and what, in fact, uh, should change? Look, Louise, then, then what are your thoughts? I mean, then who is that ultimately to blame for this? You know, I think we can point fingers at a multitude of people, but I think let's start within the industry. And I think the, 
we need the support and the buying from the creative circle firstly. Um, you know, Pindurans have become state of the art, they're part mm-hmm. of the Luris, but they're still not seen as a viable um, award session purely based on the fact that the points that you gather from the Pindurans aren't um, put towards the Luris. Now, sadly to say that most of the creatives are really driven um, to get a Luri award and to have that on their CD. However, if a Pindurin doesn't add to that CD or uh, contribute to the overall standing for the Luris, then we, we are seeing people who are discouraged, demotivated, etc. I think ultimately, um, I think we all have a part to play in this. From the media owners, and I speak specifically on Ants24 mm-hmm. as we hold this bulk of the, this Afrikaans market, right through to creative circles and agencies. But ultimately, if we each take a conscious effort into pushing this, this vernacular drive, I think we can all benefit. And besides that, our Afrikaans readers who want to be spoken to in their own language. All right. Perhaps the more important one here, um, and, and then I'll get your thoughts, uh, and of course the MD of Morty Mojave. Is there a demand? I mean, do, do you find that uh, the public, in fact, are sort of writing letters, emailing, tweeting, and saying, come on, why, why, why is there no creativity in my, in my language when I'm literally listening to a station that covers their languages anyway? Andrew? Sorry, I certainly... Yeah. Uh, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Okay, let, let me um, just repeat. I think, yeah. if you, uh, I think the, the issue would be quite well received if there was some demand from the consumers of those mediums. Um, in terms of, of how much of that is communicated through eventually to a creative agency, um, uh, we don't see a huge amount of it. Um, it. That information is largely held by client research or brand research. And on occasion where it has come to the fore... Uh, we've certainly made efforts to originate work in the vernacular, but it has been, admittedly, extremely limited. Okay, well, in fact, uh, extremely limited. Chris, I mean, your, your thoughts, just the, the demand, I mean, have you guys done research on it from a leadership point of view? Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a demand from a, from a consumer, but the question has to then ask, will your campaign not work that much better and that much harder when written in, 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 in a vernacular language? Mm-hmm. So it's not that, uh, it's, it goes back to understanding again. Uh, the consumer understands the message. He gets the message uh, in English, but will it not work that much harder if it is in the home language? Uh, and, and, I, and I think that's, so it's not about it not working. It's about it can work that much better if you do it in a, in a, in a vernacular language. So, so is it a sense of ignorance or a lack of just a lack of will? You know, Ignorance, lack of will, laziness. Which one is it? Uh, I, I'd go as far as to say a little bit of all of it. Uh, I, I think it is a bit of I think it is a bit of ignorance because I think the major the, the 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 majority of clients, the majority of agency people are English speaking people. So therefore, mm. therefore, the, it is that level of not necessarily understanding how important Zulu can be to a person or Afrikaans or is it Kosa mm-hmm. uh, versus. Uh, but it also it also goes back to what I said earlier on. Is you know very how often in in our uh, crazy driven uh, last minute dot com advertising industry that we that we that we work in. Do we not just finish the English material two seconds before it's supposed to go on air? Now you have to go and translate it into other regards and Zulu and take all of those cultural nuances into into play as well. And I think those are the, you know those are the, those are some of the challenges that we are seeing. I think so. Uh, um, but I think with, with with all goodwill and intent, I think an Afrikaans or a Zulu or a Kosa campaign aimed at that market will work that much harder. Okay. Yet, by the way, I'm, I'm happy to take a couple of calls on this. You know, are there examples where, in fact, uh, 
other languages have slipped into sort of, let's call it, English-styled adverts in terms of copy, and, and if so, do you think uh, they've actually worked, or you find them an intrusion? Uh, some say, goodness, you can't argue about that, but what are your thoughts anyway? 0891-104-207. Louise, from, from Ads24's point of view, I mean, do you find, because I'm suggesting that, that certainly some ads, you know, just a thing like, like, Met Aish, for example, right? I mean, yes. that, that's something, it, it, it's, a, it's a South African language. It's not, it's not necessarily Afrikaans. It's not even sort of townships language. We all, we all use it. We all use it all the time. We all say things like, nah, you know, for example. Now, I mean, do you find that because they work, right, it should be pretty obvious that even sort of natural uh, English, Afrikaans, or is uh, Zulu adverts would, would sort of have other languages creeping into their copy. Don't you think so? Yes and no, Ashrafa. Um, let me just put it to you this way. In fact, last week, Friday, we had an immersion experience, and by that I mean we take our clients right into the heart of the homes of our, our readers, and in this particular case, it was Sonnenberger. And what we actually found was we had a tire company with us and a big retailer. And when they interviewed the readers, they said to them, you know, what if we were to put a sort of a dual pamphlet into, dual language pamphlet into, into the newspaper? How would you feel about that? And the burger reader who was uh, Derek from Durbanville after 45 years of being a subscriber, outrightly said no. Um, it's a disrespect to my culture. It's a disrespect to me. You're not resonating with me. Um, and why should I be reading English as you just as, as Chris actually said, mm-hmm. you know, you just assume that people understand English. Um, so for us, you know, and I think the big thing as well, as Chris said previously, you know, at the last minute you're trying to do material changes, etc. It is also cost involved. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a global campaign or a national campaign, which is really um, English, do you still have additional money, especially in this tight economy, to go in and, and, and create extra material. So I think it is a cost issue. Um, secondly, a creative issue where I don't think our, our creatives are really at the point where they feel comfortable enough to, to write in Afrikaans. And thirdly, do we just want to translate? You know, and Chris mentioned in his article, he said, you know, ultimately, talk to me in my language, my culture. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have to translate something directly from English, you know, the Afrikaans psyche and the humor is completely different to that of English. You know, and the tire company that was with me last week just mentioned something really crazy, and they said, ultimately, we might say, epic sale, you know, go and get your two tires now and win a Weber. How do you translate that? Can we use uh, epic sale, kraya tuya bonda, and then your Weber bride? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't work. And I think ultimately there's more thought that has to go behind that. And, and are we prepared to do it? So is it a case of laziness or just lack of, of guys? So, so what do you think? L- laziness? Lack of, lack of guys? Lack of guidance, guidance? What do you think? Louise, yeah? Um, you know, I think a little bit of both. I think we're so used to uh, putting everything into English. But if you look at the, the Afrikaans market... Um, you know, it's a market that you cannot uh, ignore. It can be, and I mean, you know, that kind of household income. Is it not worth creating? It's sort of a false sense of uh, economy. Are you being penny-wise and being pound-foolish? As, as Chris said, could you get a lot more out of your campaign? And, and let's look at the clip-drift ads, um, you mm-hmm. know, Meg Aish. 
yes, um, you know, it really drives home the South Africanism, you know. Um, and I think what the creatives are doing, because Afrikaans is not uh, no longer so that Afrikaans. I mean, when last have you spoken to somebody who speaks so mm. that Afrikaans? But you also you don't want to, isn't it? Yeah. An anglicisme, which is really a direct translation. You know, how much more value do you get out of that campaign? So yes, I think ultimately let's talk more more budget and let's be be wiser about it and get more more bang for our buck. Okay, I wonder whether it should be imposed on someone. Let's just see whether that's rather controversial. A uh, couple of quick calls I can take. Kathy Durban, hi. Hi, hello, Chris. Um, I'm just I'm very interested in the conversation, and I'm just I'm interested also in how it compares to and sort of parallel what goes to go on in the publishing industry where where I am and that we always get calls from teachers and libraries saying they know books in the vernacular. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they can't find readers, particularly stories, for, for children and adults in the vernacular. And then when you go ahead and publish them, nobody buys them. So you're sort of in the same, in the same kind of bind. Um, so I, I just think it's an interesting, an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah. One of the main issues, I work in the publishing industry in terms of, of AVID publishing, is that a lot of adults, they don't want their children um, to, to learn um, in the vernacular, um, which is which is a huge issue, really, because mm-hmm. we're constantly told to promote, um, you know, mother tongue reading, etc., etc. But um, you no, know, the, the parents don't want it. They want their children to move straight to English. So I think I think these are more than just you know just media issues. I think it's, it's across the board. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a dual <laughs> a dual response. Well, well, he talks about the responsibility therefore. Thanks, thanks for that, Kathy. Interesting points okay. that you bring up, Chris. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk about this. I mean, as we talk, uh, University of uh, KwaZulu Natal. I mean, amongst the first now to. To, to insist that people pass at, pass at least the first year uh, is Zulu, uh, whatever subject, uh, whatever degree they're actually studying for, right? I mean, if, if that, how that, that plays out, there's now a sense that I think from, from next year onwards, uh, every school must have as a second language one of the vernacular languages, including Afrikaans, but when it, one of the others as well. I mean, would, would we not then, I mean, that is being imposed, okay? Mm. Shouldn't we be imposing that? on the advertising industry as well. Someone says a nanny state. Yeah, I mean, just think mm. about that. Shouldn't there be a, a bigger concern? I know some may yeah. say market forces dictate, mm. but I mean, at, at what stage do we just leave the transformation of language uh, in, in, in copy just, just to the women's advantages of copywriters? Yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very dangerous thing to when we start saying <laughs> enforce. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I, th- I think, as you just rightly said, that it will be the market dynamics that will dictate it. You know, um, As advertisers realize more and more that uh, an Afrikaans campaign aimed at Afrikaans people in an Afrikaans language or a Zulu campaign aimed at Zulu people in a Zulu language, is that much more effective? It, it, it's, chicken and egg, it's a chicken and egg situation. You will find that hopefully advertisers will start start doing it more. And I think it will be on the agenda more. You know, uh, uh, the, the thing that always saddens me as, as an Afrikaans-speaking person myself uh, is that you still find currently in the South African environment you'll have five Afrikaans people in a room with one English-speaking person and then mm. five Afrikaans-speaking per- people will speak English to each other. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's that nature. It's still that like... Uh, and hopefully what... What we will now find is that younger people will come through and you will find English-speaking people who do understand and who do have a bit of a knowledge and know-how of, of Afrikaans or Zulu or Isikosa or whatever the language may be. Okay. Now, now somebody making an interesting point. There are, there are millions of ads, Ashraf, in vernacular languages uh, on SABC Radio and TV. So what are you guys uh, talking about? Now, of course, now, now that is true to a large extent, right? M- maybe, I mean, j- just your thoughts, certainly mm. SABC 1 uh, to a large degree, uh, 
Are, are we talking of ads specifically in those areas of crossover adverts? Mm. Uh, your thoughts before I get so, to Andrew? So, so, yeah. so my, my thought specifically was aimed at, at uh, there might be a lot of advertising on there, but as a portion of advertising revenue, it's still relatively small. So of the, uh, let's give you, I'll give you an example, of the top 10 radio stations in South Africa in terms of advertising revenue, there's only one radio station on the top ten list that is a uh, vernacular language radio. Uh, okay. vernacular so language so what you're saying is there are numbers, but they, they poorly correct comparison. From an advertising revenue perspective, right. they're underrepresented. Andrew, I mean, we're going to wrap up just with maybe last comments with all of you guys. But, but Andrew, your thoughts um, with regards to, to a possible creative move to have within our adverts sort of a, a, a very deliberate mix of languages in, in adverts, no matter where they fly. I mean, don't, don't you think we're ready for that? There are times we, we throw in one sort of uh, South Africanism uh, word in, in, in an English uh, advert or whatever, but I'm suggesting that isn't it time for us to be creative and, and allow a series of sort of mixed languages, uh, mixed language adverts coming through all the time? I couldn't agree with you more, Ashraf. And I, and I think just to that point, if you look at what Think Afrikaans has done over the last three years, and we've seen a dramatic growth year on year in interest in participation from the creative industry in terms of uh, uh, originating work to participate in Think Afrikaans. But my colleagues mentioned this a little earlier, and it, there are multiple players who need to drive the opportunities to create these platforms. So from a creative agency perspective, absolutely. And I think if you provide a creative a platform to express themselves and originate work in the vernacular, they will absolutely participate and, and enjoy originating that work. But media owners themselves, Ads24 in his example, who is now trying to drive Afrikaans as an origination platform, but other media owners also need to do the same for other vernacular. And, of course, we have to have clients who are enthusiastic about celebrating the work or encouraging the work to, to go forward. And okay. I think the more we put it out there, certainly the more we will start to see people responding positively to it. Okay, and uh, last thoughts with uh, Louise Berkner from uh, Ads24. Um, uh, to, to your point, Andrea, I totally agree with you. And, you know, um, as the late John Farquhar said, you know, if you want, to, if you want me to, to sit up and listen, speak to me in my own language. And so, yes, I think there's an opportunity to explore various ways of, of incorporating all languages, but ultimately my reader is king. What is going to make my reader happy and continue to, to be loyal? Remember, we are talking about readers that have been with the paper for over 40, 50 mm, years. Mm, mm, mm. Now, you know, change is always a difficult one, but we've got to be respectful and mindful of their needs because ultimately if we don't have readers, we don't have a paper, which means we don't have an advertising vehicle for, for our our advertisers. Okay. So I think there's a little bit of a, a collaborative effort both from creative agencies, um, you know, media agencies, and Ads24 are really going to drive this cause very hard. So local is lacquer, um, Afrikaans is the best, and ons beweer dat jylle saamkom in saamheid ons leef. Okay, got that. Chris Butcher, just la your last thoughts again, sort of mixed languages within adverts, you think that can work? And I don't mean once in a while, I mean deliberate things that happen, even though people don't understand 80% of the, of the copy? Absolutely. Look, I, I think the, here's the reality. It's, an, it's a missed opportunity at the moment. Mm. You're sitting with, with platforms that have millions and millions and millions of readers, listeners and viewers that are currently not 
not being exploited. So uh, I think that the whole reason we started the article was not because uh, we're trying to point fingers at anyone. We're saying here's a fantastic opportunity that a lot of people are missing out on. Mm, so let's yeah. go out there and grab them. Indeed. I'm just thinking, just by the way, in conclusion, just think about when that song, Social Laws, first gained popularity as, as a national song. It certainly happened at a, mm. at a rugby World Cup. It certainly gets you thinking about it. The people can adapt even if they know nothing about the language. It's all about the rhythm and what it actually gives you. Okay, let's leave it at that. Thanks so much, all three of you. In fact, Andrew Frant from uh, Mortimer Harvey, Louise Birkner, the National Sales Director at Ad24, and Chris Bota. Thanks for your time once again. The group MD at uh, the Media Shop. Now, just a challenge, really, to any one of you, okay? If, if you're in advertising and you guys, as an agency, deliberately mix language and we don't know about it, well, you tell me. I will talk to you on air. I'll do that pretty soon. Uh, just email me, Ashraf, uh, spelled A-S-H-R-A-F, Ashraf at S-A-F-M dot C-O dot Z-A. Right, lots more coming up. We talk more advertising. In fact, the Apex awards that happened a few days ago. We'll look at that. And what about this? You may have seen Lindiwe Maziboko being, uh, being taunted and ridiculed for her clothing in Parliament. We can extend the discussion, not just about what happened there, but just generally politicians. What do they wear? That means how, how PC are they? How do they shape up uh, in their image stakes in terms of extending their brand by the clothing they wear? We'll chat about that with, uh, with two people coming up around quarter to ten, so don't miss that. Uh, but we'll talk about the Apex of Walks right after this.